Today's a special part two of two in an episode series we've done with Brandon Young, and we're going to go over strategies on how to resurrect dead products, the importance of project management SOPs, and more. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Are you an agency enterprise level seller or an eight or nine figure seller and need advanced analytics? Market Tracker 360 might be the product for you. To get a demo of Market Tracker 360, go to h10.me forward slash mt360. That's h10.me forward slash mt360. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And this is actually, as I said in the intro there, a second part of a two-part series with Brandon. So guys, if you are just somehow landing on this you know, episode and you have not listened to episode 408, pause this, guys, or otherwise the rest of it's not going to make sense. Pause this. Please go back. Uh to episode 408, either h10.me forward slash 408. Uh, if you're watching this on the website or if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, go back to find episode 408 or, you know, in your podcast player, go back and listen to 408 before you listen to this one. But today, uh, this is uh, the second part and it's going to be a good one. Hope you guys enjoy it. Now, what about on the uh, physical side? Like, do you, do you have any exercise routine or diet routine or or something that uh, you and or your your wife are doing now for the last three weeks, uh, you know, I I tip the scales like so I'm, I'm undergoing. Um, so this is this is a story and a, a word of caution for everyone. The same same you know you had a much bigger scare, but mm. um, I'd say going on two years ago now, I went into the hospital with severe abdomen pain. I thought I had appendicitis and I ended mm. up being diverticulitis. So just like a, uh, an inflammation of, uh, your intestines and, and your stomach and, um, uh, like an infection. And so what they do is they typically put you on a, uh, you know, a liquid diet for a couple of weeks with a lot of antibiotics, but then they follow up with a colonoscopy to make sure there's no permanent damage, no bleeding, no, no, no it didn't hemorrhage or anything like that. So, when I went in for that, I was 40 and uh, just 40, and they found two huge polyps that they said uh, they, they removed. They zapped them away with a laser while they're in there. And typically, as a male, they, they recommend you go in for your first colonoscopy to check uh, the, the plumbing uh, at 45. Mm-hmm. And the doctor told me that this, this infection that I had, basically, that forced me to get it early saved my life. Wow. But these two, they, these two polyps were cancerous. And if I had waited till 45, it would have been full-blown colon cancer and I probably would have died. Mm. So um, that, that prompted me to say, okay, what else am I missing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I did a full body scan with an MRI uh, and they found a nodule in my lung, a two millimeter nodule in one of my lungs. Now that could be from scar tissue. It could be from anything. Over fifty percent of adults have nodules in their lungs, and most, I think, less than one percent of the time, it's uh, it's cancer, right? Mm-hmm. But they said, look, in a year and a half or a year, like do a follow up scan just to see. I recently did that a few weeks ago, 
and it turns out that it grew. So usually scar tissue doesn't grow. So now I'm on the fast track to, to take care of this. It's only five millimeters. It's on the small side. Usually they don't even biopsy or do anything until it's eight or more. But lung cancer is one of those things that if you catch it early, the survival rate is insanely good. Mm-hmm. But if you catch it late, the, the mortality rate's insanely high, right? Yeah. So um, this is just like, a lot of people like us who are entrepreneurs working 70 hours a week, we don't usually prioritize our health. But what I would say is don't put off these checks, whether it's prostate, yeah. prostate, prostate's another one that I've heard that, you know, if you live long enough as a male, you're going to get prostate cancer. If you didn't get prostate cancer, you didn't live long enough, apparently is the way that it kind of works. Hmm. So it's like almost all men get it. So don't wait to get these things checked. Yep. Um, you know, I found a center that did this MRI. MRIs are very, very like no radiation. So you don't have to worry about long-term effects. And I think for Jennifer and I both, it was like under 2000 bucks. I mean, it's not cheap, but when in the grand scheme of things, if I didn't have visibility on this thing in my lungs and I waited four or five years from now, I'd probably be, it would be a completely different story um, from the way this is likely going to turn out. Um, and so I would say, yeah, like you're saying, don't neglect your health, but also try to figure out what you don't have visibility on. Do, do some scans, do some checkups, um, and, and make sure you're taking care of yourself. So you're, you're around, there's no point in being rich and making all these millions of dollars if you're just going to be gone in a few years. Yep. I mean, if we're, we're trying to tie it to Amazon, it's the same thing, you know, like if you're just reactionary, you wait until your competitors do something or wait until the market changes or something, you know, it might be too late, you know, and you can't recover from that. Even more important than your Amazon business is just your, your own health, you know, so don't just wait till something bad happens. Do some of this prevention stuff. I really like that. Really, really great stuff there. Uh, and good to know that you're hopefully going to be okay from these things. Now, this is bad timing for this word, but uh, I was going to talk about next on my list was the Amazon death spiral. <laughs> that was something that, uh, <laughs> that 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 Casey talked about. Uh, so, um, you know, this is something that I th- he was the first one I heard talk about it like a couple of years ago, like a billion dollar seller or something, I think it was. And and other people have noted, even I myself in some older mature listings, you know, where you just can't like you lose your rank at the top of the page. And no matter what happens, you just can't get it back, even though, you know, you're you know, one of the top one, the top converters of a keyword and like you can't get past it, you know, position 10 or something like that. And other people have theorized, oh, you know, they, they look at the, um, that one special URL and say, oh, there's some hidden, hitting or hitting keyword abuse. And if you have that, then that might be, be happening. But, you know, you, you deal with so many brands and have so many clients. I'm wondering in your experience, have you seen this where these mature products just like hit a wall all of a sudden? And then is there a way back from that? So it really depends on the relevancy of the keyword and then how much history is accumulated. Um, and then, and then also the, the additional credit you're getting. So our strategy for, for trying to, uh, send more traffic is a little bit different. Um, let me first of all say that, um, I, I, I try to make this super relatable for everyone every single business right like it doesn't matter what business you have like i it's I, i've done my best to try to think of a business and it'd be interesting if you have a business in mind and you can put it in the notes and and and, and tell tell us but 
every single business comes down to just two things, traffic and conversion. And so if you think about having a hot dog stand on the corner of a street, your traffic would be all the people walking past that or driving past that. The conversions would be the people that stop and buy a hot dog, right? And so um, if you're selling the hot dogs out of a cooler, you're going to struggle to sell a lot of, to have a lot of conversions. If you have a beautiful stand and you've got aroma and you've got uh, great looking images and there's a line, you're going to convert a lot more hot dogs, right? So uh, what I'll say is with Amazon, it's no different. You've got, you've got to drive traffic and traffic only comes in two places, paid and organic, right? And then you've got to convert that traffic. Now you talked about the one keyword that you're best converting on or in the top, right? And uh, you're struggling. The way to think about it is going back to our talk about the attribution and the way the algorithm gives attribution to a lot of keywords would be to think about how do I get a lot of partial credit to that keyword without just trying to maximize my bid and, and, uh, and, and slam a bunch of paid traffic at that keyword, uh, that one keyword. And the what we've done is we've started grouping our PPC by root so that it performs similarly. It's easier to manage. It's easier to see the movements. But also, mm-hmm. we've been turning on a lot, going a lot wider with long tail keywords that share that root word so that, um, you know, one click and one purchase isn't going to be enough. And sometimes even if you're taking half of the PPC sales, it's not enough to push you from eight to six or eight to five. Maybe it's enough to get you to eight from 10. You need to find other places to get credit for that keyword to push it. So the way that we'll do that is we'll find 30, 40, 60 long tail keywords that have that same root word in it. So if it's dog bed and I'm really trying to push my rank on dog bed, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna find 60 keywords with dog bed on it that are relevant to my product. And I'm going to group those into different campaigns, like six keywords, five, six, seven keywords per campaign. And I'm going to be very aggressive with sending a lot of high converting traffic to all of those long tail keywords. And I'm going to get a lot of credit towards dog bed, right? So that's, that's a method that I would say is check, com- maximize your conversion rate. Step one is so you want to make sure your images, your content are better. Make sure your offer is better. So maybe these new competitors that are beating you have a better price. Maybe the look and design and feel of their product is just something that resonates with, uh, with, with buyers. Um, so step one, you mentioned conversion rate. Make sure that that's right. Don't send traffic to a a listing that doesn't convert. You're just wasting your money. Again, don't set up your hot dog stand with a a cooler, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the second thing would be send more traffic that will impact rank, which is going to be sponsored product traffic to related keywords that share that root word. Okay, good good stuff, good stuff. Now, going back to... um data dive. This is something I haven't really seen even a video on it, but I just heard that I might've seen on your LinkedIn or Twitter or something that you've come out with, um, uh, something like, it's kind of like Monday or something like, like project management. And so I, I would venture to say that of, of Amazon businesses that are, are, you know, smaller, like less than, you know, 30 employees, maybe less than 20, the great majority of these entities are probably not even using, um, 
you know, some kind of project management software at all. And so what can you say is, you know, I'm sure you, you create this in day to die for a reason, but what would you say to these people like, Hey, you know, you're probably not using this because maybe you guys don't, you know, you might not come from a corporate background and stuff where, where this is like mandatory, but what are people leaving on the table when they're not running some kind of like project management software, even if they only have like three or four employees? Yeah, the, the, the thing is with Amazon, for us to run an Amazon business, it's a little bit different than even just being a solopreneur. Like if you're just managing your calendar well and you've got visibility on your projects and you've only got a few projects that you're working on with some random type of business, maybe you can get away with just keeping it in Google and your calendar and taking good notes, right? Yeah. But the, the nature of our business is that if we want to launch five new products this year, we have to analyze 500 products, right? Like deep, deep analysis. I'm not talking about just find and take a quick glance at them. I'm talking about doing a deep dive into the competitors, the keywords that drive sales, like how, how good is the competition? Uh, is the ROI there? All that, that go through that whole checklist, right? And so what ends up happening is as you're running through these sprints for product development, and then you're managing the products that start to move through this pipeline from idea to validated, getting samples, and now it goes to product development and design, and then it goes to order, and then it goes to logistics and, and shipping, and you need visibility there, and then it arrives, and then you need to launch it, and maybe it's bouncing, you know, you've got inventory management happening in there, and now you've got launch, growth, and maintenance and PPC and, and optimization and all the things happening once it launches. You've got so many phases that a product runs through when it starts as just an idea. So what we wanted to do is give each of these, uh, think of each product as a football. And as you pass the football from one team member or one phase to another, we want you to have full visibility on it. And we don't want you to lose visibility on it because what ends up happening is I might research 200 products and think three or four are not, like, or 15 are a good idea. And then it starts to get hard to manage. Where is, what is happening with each one? Well, did I communicate with this supplier? Did I get these samples? Um, what about these other products? Did I finish validating them? Okay, is this one on the way? It's on the water. What's happening with it, right? So project management, even if you're just running the business yourself and you're just starting out and you plan on launching five products next year, you kind of need to implement some kind of system, whether it's Asana, whether it's Monday, whether it's, uh, you know, it's it's data dive, whatever it is, you're going to need to keep visibility on all of these different ideas and then pass it from team member to team member. What becomes good about all of these software is that you can put someone in charge of one of these processes and you can you can as the manager, as the, like the owner of the business, the operator of the business, once it's in their hands your SOPs, your standard operating procedures should then take over. So that person knows that when something gets assigned to them, what they're doing, they're doing A, B, C, D, and E. And then once they get done with A, B, C, D, and E, they're passing it to the next person, right? And so now you can start to scale a business. Now you can go from five products being launched the next year to five per month, right? And, uh, and, and 10 per month. And it becomes so much more scalable as you can manage these teams, these processes, these products, 
and everything that has to happen as these products go from process to process. So that was the thesis behind building that into the software, which was, you know what? People are taking this business, they're doing all this research, they're finding these products, they're validating them, they're writing them, they're doing all these things with them. And then they're going out into Asana or Monday or whatever they're using or Trello, and then they're they're building these processes out. Whereas it can kind of stay in in, in here. Like we can just we can kind of just let them pass the buck back and forth and make notes and and, and smooth and make this much smoother. Okay. Good, good to know, good to know. So Helium 10, uh, Cerebro, you, you've probably been one of the power users for years Yeah. Um, for that. Uh, do you have, uh, anyone on your team, do you guys have access to one of our elite uh, like level accounts? I don't think so. I, I, got, I got to get you that because we have some cool stuff. Uh, let me just get your input on this. You, you probably haven't seen these in action yet uh, if you don't have elite. But um, for example, now we have historical Cerebro available where, yeah, so it's like, hey, yeah, sure. Uh, of course, Cerebro is very powerful in itself. What's going on in the last thirty days? But if I'm doing some, his, you know, if, if I want to, I'm doing research because I want to launch a beach ball, and it's December. You know, what 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 is in Cerebro? What's on Amazon now is not necessarily indicative of the main keywords and That's what an, you know. I gotta tell people listening like how powerful that is because we yeah. launch a ton of seasonal stuff. Uh, we our biggest brand is a toy brand, and so we do summer things. We do Easter, we do Thanksgiving, we do we do Halloween, we do Christmas, right? So when we're trying, to, when we're working three quarters ahead, when we're when we're researching, when when we're doing um, October, right? When we're when we're doing Halloween, it's Q one, right? Like we're 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 placing those orders and finalizing those orders coming into March and April. So that we make sure that they arrive in time. So all the product research that we're doing is we're thinking three quarters ahead at all times. And so it's really hard to do Halloween keyword research in January. <laughs> yep. uh, and so this solution sounds phenomenal. Like I definitely yep. want to play with it. I think my team needs to plug in and start using it immediately. Love it. Yeah. For me, like before this, I would the, the only visibility in like historical, which is still valid in itself, is looking at brand analytics, but it's somewhat limited because you know you're only looking at the top three click products or, or something, you know, and no, you can't easily do queries, you know. Beyond that, too, like what we would have to do is kind of guess the keywords till like the season and then rewrite the right. listing uh, as the season's going because you'll see keywords that were 200 search volume all of a sudden become 20,000, and we didn't prioritize it. We were thinking that these other six keywords and routes would be good. And so our team is constantly having to, you should iterate anyway, like honestly, like your team should be using yeah, the same yeah. practices. But what we would have to do is look at some of these competitors, what they launched the previous year, and then just look at historical BSR and say, you know what, this one sold a lot during Halloween last year, but now like, okay, so maybe we need to do something similar to that design or something similar to that product, but we have no visibility on keywords for it. Yep. This is going to be, that's a game changer. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. definitely awesome. All right, cool. Cool. Yeah, so so this way, you no, know, you can just say, hey, show me the Cerebro, you know, for, for this month of the, of the year, sometime in the last two years. The other new wow. thing that we have that I know you haven't seen, and it's just starting. We don't have too much historical data yet, but starting in December of 2022, um, you know, one thing that's big for me in 20, or that I noticed in 2022 is just how many different sponsored widgets Amazon has all over the place. There's the trendy now widget you know there's four stars and above there's editorial recommendation there's the amazon's choice like it's just so many different you know sponsored placements on page one so now going forward elite members can see 
you you enter in an ASIN or, or a group of ASINs, instead of just seeing where they're at organically and sponsored, you'll see ones where, hey, they're also showing up on this keyword for editorial. They're also showing on this keyword for, you know, uh, from our brands or, or something like that. So it gives wow. you a lot of visibility into the real estate of page one. Um, because, you know, just looking at the regular sponsor placement and organic, gone are the days where that tells the whole story, you know, of their share of voice kind of. Yeah, because it's to the point where the majority of products, 30 to 50% of the sales are made up from uh, from paid ads. And if some of them even more than that, a healthy percentage used to be like you didn't want it to exceed like 35%. Now, 40, 50% is more normal, right? So yep. if, if you're not seeing where they're getting their sales from, when are you going to trickle some of these down? No, a lot of people ask, like listening might be like, oh, you're just trying to get more money from us for different things. Look, as a software owner, I can 100% tell you these things are really expensive. There's a reason that they have to charge you more for these things uh, and and don't feel bad. But like, just understand how powerful the tools are and how to use them in your business. And believe me, you make one right decision because of it, it pays for it for the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, the elite, we're back to the old days, you know, where you couldn't just, not anybody can just get in. Like, like we close it 95% of the year, like probably... Nobody can get in there um, until March is probably the next time, but but yeah, that's exactly why we're. Uh, it, it's not that we're we're trying to to bleed our our users, but it does cost money to to have the, the, these kind of functionality. If it didn't, then every single software tool company out there would, would just have it as part of their their, their regular stack. Yeah, I wish uh, it was just free, right? Like like <laughs> of course you, that would be the best. The reality now, is like mm-hmm. the the like it costs every single time you run a Cerebo. Like like I'll I'll like they. Look, Bradley's not going to tell you this, so I'll whisper it. It's a secret. Every single time you run a Cerebro, it's costing them pennies. And you might yeah. think pennies don't add up, but you have to think about how many users they have and how many Cerebro dives they're doing. And it, believe me, it adds up. If you're using Cerebro Data dive a customers lot, are, are having a nice chunk of that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, look, I don't know if this will get cut out later. But trust me, like if you're using their tools too much, they might lose money on your subscription. Sure, um, sure. So that's why they they tier you for different levels of usage. They tier you for different a la carte options. Like they have to as a software owner, otherwise they're going to lose money. And at the end of the day, like they're an amazing tool that has made us millions of dollars. Uh, they're going to make and they can make you millions of dollars. So um, just understand, don't be afraid to buy education or tools because that that's the quickest lever like you need them believe me yeah. last question of the day for you uh, speaking of tools is amazon has just come out with a lot of of tools and, and i just have this wild I, i'm usually not a conspiracy theorist you know we, we all follow a couple of those kind of people on instagram and stuff where they post, <laughs> repost weird and strange things but this is my version of conspiracy theory it's like to me it's boggled my mind how much data amazon is showing like stuff that at first, it was just stuff that they used to show only to vendors or, or if you paid like $30,000 for special reports and stuff. And then it's stuff that like they weren't even showing to vendors before, you know, like product uh, opportunity explore. And then, of course, brand analytics, you know, that's that's my favorite thing that Amazon has ever come out with, even to this day. And then, you know, new versions of search career performance. But then there was that thing that just passed in Europe where, where, where Amazon, you know, is like reiterating that they absolutely will not be using data that's not public to try and like help their own brand. So like my conspiracy theory, theory is, and I'm not trying to throw Amazon under the bus, like this is totally logical to me, is that, hey, the more data they make public to everybody, 
well, now they can go ahead and use that, you know, per what they just uh, agreed upon. But regardless of the reason of why they're doing it, I think we can all appreciate that, hey, it's great that Amazon is showing more things. It helps Helium 10, you know, it allows us to validate, you know, more data and, and we as sellers gives us more data points. But my question to you is, of all these things that Amazon has has been, um, you know, releasing, what's your favorite uh, one? I love uh, the search volume uh, that they're giving when they when they give you real search volume. Now, mm -hmm. people don't understand that you're the pioneers, like uh, of, of with the reverse ASIN and with Cerebro, and giving search volume for for keywords, right? Like, and a lot of this is done. Um, in backdoor ways and then you're validating with Amazon, then you've got an algorithm running and then you're, so it's close, right? But it's, it's not exact. And now you're, 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 your engineers, I'm sure are working very hard on the back end. And if they already haven't already started rolling a lot of these things out, they will be where you're going to use and benchmark the data that Amazon's giving you in order to make your data even more accurate for users. To me, that's the most like important thing because I want to know what keywords to prioritize and why. And generally, it's going to come down to how are people searching for the product. Remember, traffic is like the the, the part part one of that formula that we talked about that matters for business is traffic yep. and conversion. So we want we want to make sure we're prioritizing keywords that are going to get us the most traffic organically. And so, yeah, anything that they do that gets us more data, I'm all for. I think it's going to make tools like Helium 10 better. It's going to make us better. Uh, and it's going to make let us make better decisions. And I agree with you. I think that uh, Amazon's banking on the fact that they're going to be able to use this data in a better way than competitors to make sales. And um, I think that at some point, Amazon's brands will be ripped apart from the, the marketplace. Hmm. So um, they'll be separated. And that unit will have to operate separately because think about it this way. They just announced that they were getting rid of 50% of the, the products that they have that they own. And a lot of people are like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, now, they often make act, take actions in response to things. But if you think about the ROI calculation that you make as a brand owner, which is my landed cost, my selling price, my FBA fees, uh, you know, my ad costs, right? If I factor all those things in, I get an ROI. I made $5 on this $25 sale and, uh, you know, it's great. Now, Amazon has to take that same formula to get to $5, right? They saved a little bit of money on the FBA fees, right? Because they make money on us every time they charge us for FBA fees. There's a little bit more money there added, but they have to subtract the alternative cost of someone else making that sale instead yep. of themselves. So if someone else made that sale, then they would be receiving the commission. They would be receiving potentially the ad click. And so they're, they're basically um, cannibalizing third-party seller income by taking these sales themselves. And so once you take that $5 and you subtract the alternative cost, maybe they made a buck. And that buck as an ROI is not worth it for them to now deal with laying out the capital, uh, the supply chain, the logistics, the overhead, the employees to manage it, and everything else that went into that. And so their ROI calculation is far different than ours. And so by chopping off the bottom 50%, they've actually increased their profit significantly because they don't need 
to have those products available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, two years ago, they banned over three and a half billion dollars worth of products like revenue uh, from half of it was Chinese sellers, half yep, of it was yep, inter- yep. other sellers, and it was all cheaters that got caught and stuff. Yep. And they banned three and a half billion dollars in revenue off the bar- off the platform. Businesses that were doing three and a half million, but they didn't lose a single penny because as soon as a product was removed from the search results, another one went exactly. from number eight to number seven yep. and number yep. nine to number eight. And that vacuum of demand was filled instantly. And yep. the shoppers didn't know the difference. Yep. And so, um, but all they're doing by removing themselves is now increasing their bottom line. And, but the ones they do keep, um, I think are, uh, they're, they're banking on themselves to continue to do a better job than us sellers. And I can tell you that they're not as good as us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, we uh, like like we close every episode. We do it with our SST, our our sixty second tip. It used to be called thirty second tip. That was the last time you were on the podcast. It was thirty second, but nobody ever keeps a thirty. So that's why I changed the the first letter to an S, and now it's a sixty second tip. So, what's your closing sixty second tip for our listeners out there? You know, I think it's uh, don't uh, skip the uh, the step of setting goals in your business. I think a lot of people set loose goals, but I think um, when I say setting goals, I mean going through proper uh, business management uh, processes. So whether you follow something like uh, EOS, which is from Traction or 40X, or uh, there's any number of these books that you can read scaling up, they all have basically the same thing. You set a goal, you work backwards. So my tip would be get aggressive, set a goal, Figure out what resources you need to achieve that goal over the next quarter and then four quarters. And then uh, what are the leading activities you need to do every single day, every single week to march towards that goal? Uh, And what resources do you need to pull that lever? So um, don't skip that step. Uh, The faster you implement that in your business, the more you're going to achieve and the faster you're going to achieve it. Awesome. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for this. This is this episode was so good. We had to split it into two uh, just to make sure we got everything in there. So I appreciate you taking your time out right, uh, you know, during the holiday season for this and uh, wish you success in your endeavors. And guys, if you want to reach out to Brandon, uh, go to hub.helium10.com. Type in Seller Systems. Uh, that's the link to find out about Seller Systems, uh, Inner Circle, Data Dive, and all of uh, Brandon's uh, endeavors right there. A- any social medias or anything you want to throw out there for other ways to um, to follow you out there? I think that's good, man. I uh, it's it's always a pleasure, and I appreciate it. Happy New Year, brother. Uh, hopefully, get to see you soon and hang out. Thank you so much, and we'll be seeing you uh, sometime next year. <laughs>